Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. Uh, Welcome to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and I'm here every Sunday evening to help you conquer your vision problems. Electricity. We just can't live without it. Seems like everything we do in our life is connected to electricity, but there's something called dirty electricity that may be causing a lot of health issues. And we're really fortunate this evening to have Dr. Sam Milham as our guest. He's the author of an exciting book called Dirty Electricity. And Sam, Thanks so much for taking time to be with us on Healthy Vision. My pleasure. And I know you have a lot, a lot to share with us. And I, I, I just wanted you maybe just to go over briefly a little bit about your background and how you got interested uh, in this subject. I'd be happy to, uh, to fill you in quickly. Okay, I'm, I'm 82. I've been around a few years. I grew up... Uh, in Albany, New York, I was born uh, at Albany Hospital in 1932. Uh, I, I went to college. I went to high school in Albany and uh, elementary school. And won scholarships to college. I went to Union College in Schenectady, and uh, actually did my my medical school training at Albany Medical College, uh, the same old building where I was born. And actually, my first son was born there too. I worked. Uh, I did an internship in the public health service, and, uh, and then I got a master of public health at Hopkins. You know, when I was when I was training and, and seeing patients in the medical school and in the internship, the thing that always got to me that was, hey, we're seeing the same things all the time, all the time. And, uh, and I was more interested in why the people were there than uh, than, than to, to treating them. I mean, I like obstetrics. I like putting hands on people and making people get better, but. I just had this real desire to understand, you know, why are people getting sick? And, and when I when I was, you know, reading uh, the pediatrics, especially the communicable diseases, uh, I was thinking, hey, the same techniques they use to figure out how measles and mumps and whooping cough and and other diseases worked, we could use those to uh, to figure out what was killing us now, which was heart disease and cancer and et cetera. So. Uh, Early on, I, 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 my first job was with the New York State Health Department, and at the end of my time there, I, uh, I used death records looking at occupation for people, men who died of Hodgkin's disease, and I found a, a curious association with uh, occupations where they work with wood, like pulp paper, carpenters, etc. And uh, that, that's held up all these years. New York, I moved to Hawaii and taught at the School of Public Health there for a couple of years and replicated the Hodgkin's study. And uh, I replicated it in Washington State, Oregon. They had a lot of wood, woodworking people. And, uh, and when I was doing doing that, uh, I found a vacant job at the uh, Washington Health Department. I took it, worked there for 20, 23 years, and retired in 92. Oh, when I was working with the death records, I just got thinking, hey, you know, there's a ton of information here. Nobody systematically looks at it. Let's look at the occupation information and cause of death. And, uh, 
I, I did that and found all sorts of interesting associations. The one that really caught my attention was that people who work in jobs with an intuitive connection to electricity had, had an interesting pattern of cancer excesses, especially leukemia, lymphoma, brain cancer, etc. And, and about that time, uh, there was a very interesting chart that came back. I figure if any disease I could figure out, the epidemiology of it was uh, that was it. Because uh, when, when I was studying it, it was uniformly fatal, very well reported on death records, and uh, and easy to diagnose. You could do it with a, a blood prick of a finger. So the, then two papers came down the road that got me into the the childhood leukemia investigation, and one of them was uh, by Court Brown and Dahl. They used U.S. death record data and showed that for childhood leukemia, there was an age peak between age two and four that developed in the U.S. Uh, in the 30s and 40s, and, uh, and it hadn't been there before. So I kind of jumped on it and said, hey, here's something new. Let's see if we can find what what has what the peak has to do with with, with uh, you know other variables and about the same time I ran across another paper showing the the time trend of electrification in this country. They asked a question on the census in twenty, thirty, and forty. Uh, is your house hooked to the grid? So I took that data and matched it with the childhood leukemia data nationally and found out that there's a striking correlation between. The mortality from uh, the development of the childhood peak and the fact or the level of um, of being hooked to the grid. In other words, the state by state, you could look at uh, how much, how many houses or what percent of houses were hooked to the grid, and that predicted the, the emergence of the childhood peak and the childhood leukemia mortality rate. So that's how I really got interested in leukemia. I published that paper way, way back when. Now, when you say uh, hook to the grid, you're just talking about a home that has electricity? Uh, or are you referring well, yeah, to something? Uh, yeah, but what I mean is that there's a wire from a central distributing place to your house. In other words, uh, they asked the question, uh, you know, do you have, you know, electric lights uh, and they're not from a generator, but from a wire coming to your house from the grid. And so that was the transition that took place, I guess, in the 30s. Uh, most homes did not have elect, elect, uh, hook. Most homes were not hooked to the grid. Is that true? Well, well, what's really, you know, the, I, you know, of course, I found out, I just dove into the history of electrification. It all started with Thomas Edison in 1892. He built the Pearl Street Generating Station in New York City. And he had a, a bunch of these big, big dynamos called the Jumbos. And his initial product was direct current, but uh, after Tesla got involved, they went to AC. But... Uh, Right from the get-go, 1892, if you read his archives, he complained bitterly about brush arcing. Brushes are the devices that pick the electricity up off the, the drive shaft, the commutator. And electric motors and generators are pretty much the same thing. In one case, you turn a shaft and you get electricity. and the other, another, you put electricity and it turns a shaft. They're basically the same device. But 
Initially, they all had brushes, and they were called brushes because the, they were stiff copper wires bound to the top. It looked like a broom or a brush. But Edison had a terrible problem with brush arcing and was wearing out the commutators when the brushes hit. And uh, he tried to correct it by dumping mercury into his, his dynamos, and of course it made everybody sick with mercury poisoning. But he found other ways of, of, of minimizing the, the arcing, but uh, you still get brush arcing any time you have a brush motor or a brush generator. So I think from the very beginning, he was inadvertently making people sick because arcing is one of the major ways of making this dirty electricity. What I mean by dirty, it's, uh, it's called electrical pollution. In this, in this country, the electricity is generated to 60 cycles a second or 60 hertz. And if you look at it on the oscilloscope, you get a nice, you should get a nice smooth sine wave. In Europe, it's 50 cycles a second. But what happens is uh, with arcing and, and other kinds of problems like sparking and, uh, and now many, many devices make terrible amounts of electrical pollution. And it, they, you look at the sine waves uh, that are being delivered to your house or to your office or anywhere else, and it's got all sorts of extraneous bumps on the sine wave that uh, amount to uh, electrical pollution. It makes people sick. And I, the, the utilities have noticed, known for years that it causes terrible problems with uh, with motors and bearings and burning them out. So what you're saying, uh, what you're saying, Sam, is that. The actual current may not be the problem. It's the extraneous signals. It's the pollution. It's, 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 it's the electrical pollution. I'm convinced, convinced that the electrical pollution is the problem now. Now, one, one thing, that one paper I saw way back when described how the census data collected this electrification. If you look at the history of electrification in this country, actually in the world, by, by the turn of the century, 1900, Every big city in the world had electricity. New York, San Francisco, Timbuktu, they all had it. But in this country, when the distances were so big and it was so expensive to run wires. Uh, uh, oh, Sam, uh, I've got a little break right now on Healthy Vision, okay. folks. I have a fascinating conversation with Sam Milham, the author of Dirty Electricity, and we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Condrive, and with me is Sam Milham, and he's giving us some um, shocking, and of course that's a play on work, shocking information on dirty electricity, how it is contributing to many, many problems with our health. So, Sam, you were beginning to tell us about the two population, two separate population groups that were studied. Right. Well, well uh, when you go look at the history of electrification, there there's good papers about it. They, they, the, all the big cities in the world, it was such a, a blazing hot technology, and everybody saw its advantages of having light and heat and ability to have motors uh, turned. So by the turn of the century, all the big cities in the world got it. I checked my hometown of Olympia, they got it in 1902. And uh, most cities like St. Louis and New York, they all had it by the turn of the century. But in this country, uh, wires are expensive to hook houses up out in the, in the countryside. It's expensive, so it wasn't until the 30s with the, with 
federal programs to support uh, uh, rural electrification that a lot of the population got electrified. It, did, it took until 1965 for the last farms in this country to get hooked to the grid. I mean, so you had 50, almost 55 years. We had two populations, one of which the urban populations uh, in the northeastern states in California had it. And, and rural areas and, and areas in the south, uh, they didn't get it to relate in the game. And the, the differences were just enormous. Uh, by, by, so I looked at 1930 and 1940 deaths in the U.S. by, by residents and uh, by cause. Oh, I, I did that childhood leukemia study, and, uh, and when I was doing it, I noticed that, hey, it wasn't just leukemia. It looked like all causes of death, which I couldn't believe, were connected to uh, residents and or electrification levels. So I finally did, did a paper, and I published it. By the way, all my papers are on my website that pertain to this, and you can, you can look at them if you get interested. And I tried to write them so anybody can understand them. The website is an HT, you know, it's just, if you go to Google and put in Sam Melham, Dirty Electricity, it'll come up. But anyway, what I found is that, uh, well, you know, the, the people who collected vital statistics noticed this. They noticed, like, in the 20s that, that there was, like, a 53% increase uh, of cancer mortality in, in urban versus rural areas. I mean, that's a huge difference. But nobody did anything with it until I tried to uh, much later in the game. The other thing that really surprised me, it wasn't just the cancers. Uh, I had half a note, I uh, knew, knew from the leukemia and other studies that they were going to be uh, associated with electrification, but it wasn't just the cancers, it was heart disease, all the cancers. Uh, uh, diabetes, and uh, the one that really blew my mind was suicide. Of all, of all problems, but when you think about it, uh, it's just the ice, iceberg of the depression. You're depressed, and you kill yourself. The suicide showed, showed a real clear relationship to electrification. So I wrote it. Sam, Sam, I have a, I have a question because if you're comparing data from the cities versus the country, yeah. a critic could say, "Well, the city has more stress. There's more pollution." There's a lot of other factors that could have contributed to the difference in disease. So how do you answer that? Yeah, well, there, there are differences, but uh, in most uh, say small, the small eastern states uh, like Rhode Island, and even when I was in training up in Albany, uh, the major medical centers got to see people from the sticks and people from uh, from that area. So the same docs were taking care of these people, and, and, and they were getting done, especially the, the tough cases, the cancers that get referred to the major centers. The other thing I looked at early was... Uh, I looked at a population that doesn't use electricity at all. The Amish, the Mennonite sect, too, you know, for religious, religious reasons, shown electricity. And they came over here in the 1700s, and from the time they came over, their life expectancy was in the mid-70s. Okay? It's still that way. At the turn of the century, if you lived in an urban area, like New York City or any of the big cities, men were dying at age, age uh, in their 40s, 46 on average, 43 and women about age 46. These people were living 25 years longer. And even back at the turn of the century, people who studied the Amish noticed that, hey, they did, their diabetes rates and their cancer rates were vanishingly low. Now, 
I hope that answers your question in a sense. No, it's the same. Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, same. yeah that does yeah. Make, make sense. It does clarify it. Okay. But, but uh, so, you know, so what to do with that information? So I, but the real breakthrough came for me came, uh, the dirty electricity connection came, uh, all, the, all the early EM epidemiologic data with, say, the cancer started with leukemia. Uh, Ward Harmer did studies of childhood leukemia in Denver, and they showed that, that the thickness of the wires that come to your house, uh, they had a wire code system, which correlated with current. Current flow. The thicker wires have higher currents, and current is what drives magnetic fields. So they intuited that if a house, that they looked at houses uh, that, that spawned childhood leukemia and control houses, and they found out that there was some sort of a connection between uh, current flow and magnetic fields and, and uh, childhood leukemia. And later on, uh, the industry supported some studies by Savitz, and he basically showed the same thing with measurements. Uh, these people were right. But, but uh, the focus is basically on my magnetic field as an ecologic agent. But, you know, there's the epidemiology was just, you know, I don't want to get, get fancy about it, was it just it, it didn't smell right to me because, uh, like with smoking, uh, if you're a two-pack-a-day smoker, you have 20 times the the mortality from lung cancer as a non-smoker. Non Two problems with electricity is there are no non-smokers, basically. We're all exposed. So it's like comparing a two-pack-a-day smoker to a one-pack-a-day smoker. And, and, uh, and that way, you, you, the risks are much, much lower than 20. They're like two or three. So you had that kind of problem. And, and uh, the other problem epidemiologically was that the, 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 the risks for uh, like leukemia versus magnetic fields never got above two, three, or four. They're just really low. But uh, when I moved here, here to, to South to India in 19, 2003, 2004, there was an article in the newspaper that, that January about a cancer cluster in a school here. And teachers complained, and uh, the school blew them off, of course, and so did the public health authorities, as they always do, but I persisted, and with their help, we did a really good study, and this time we measured not only magnetic fields, but we measured this dirty electricity business, and with a, a meter that had been fabricated by Martin Graham and, and uh, Dave Stetzer, you basically plug it in and read it. It gives you the rate of change, DVDT, of, of, uh, of the current. Uh, anytime you interrupt current flow, you get disturbed electricity, like arcing or sparking. Or now all these uh, devices uh, called switching power supplies, which are everywhere. I mean, cell towers run, all transmitters run on DC, so they they can't buy DC and they can't run them on batteries. What they do is they buy AC and change it with switching power supplies. All the devices, like your computers and, and your cell phone, they run on DC. Yeah, see, see, I have these little gizmos to charge them, which are switching power supplies. But anyway, that's a tremendous source of this dirty electricity. And at the school, we showed that the, the cancer rate in the teachers was directly proportional to uh, reading taken one day in June in, in their classroom. We're coming up to another break, so I want to save this information. We come back. It's really fascinating. Okay. Folks, you're listening to Healthy Vision, and with okay. me is Sam Milham. 
author of an amazing book called Dirty Electricity. Uh, you can find the book on www.sammilham.com. It's a great book, and there is something that we need to do. We need to be aware of this dirty electricity. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Healthy Vision, and we're talking about dirty electricity. And Sam, I wonder if you finish talking about the cluster of cancer cases that we move right in and talk about eye problems related to dirty electricity. So, well, you know what? I kind of skipped over the people who discovered dirty electricity. I mean, people know about arcing and sparking, and the electrical engineers know all about electric pollution. But Martin Graham, a professor emeritus at uh, UC Berkeley, Dave Stetzer, uh, who runs an electrical repair shop and who's military trained in, in they they noticed that uh, dairy cattle farmers were complaining that their dairy cattle would, would stop giving milk, and they they, they thought it was coming. Uh, dirty electricity in the ground. Stetzer and, and uh, they invented meters and they used oscilloscopes. And sure enough, in fact, they got a paper out, I think, this one a year ago, showing that as, as little as 10 millivolts, this, this high-frequency transients or dirty electricity in the earth will, will stop a cow from milking, make her sick, and uh, and. A big part of the problem is that the grid was built. In this country, we have mostly a grounded Y grid, W-Y-E grid. Uh, all the electricity that came to your house or to your motors was, would go back on the, on the utility neutral wires to complete the electric circuit. But uh, when computers and other, other uh, electronic junk came in in the, in the 60s and 70s, and what happened to there started being fires uh, in, in, uh, in houses and buildings because the neutral return wires in the buildings couldn't handle the high-frequency stuff that the computers and other things were generating. High frequencies don't run on wires as well as low frequencies. So they changed the rules on, on wiring to make more robust wires in, in, in buildings and in offices. But the utilities, in their infinite wisdom, uh, instead of beefing up the wires on the poles, just dump, dump the electricity into the ground at their transformers. You go out and you look at your transformer. It's got three three taps on it. The center taps the neutral. You see a wire run from it into the ground at about every pole. And that, that basically, now what's happening is about 70% of the electricity that's delivered returns to the substation through the earth. That gets through everybody's house, through water pipes and through sewer pipes, and it messes up cows, and God knows what it does to the creatures that live in the soil. But that's a huge part, part of this problem. In fact, in areas in California, I can't get under three volts of dirty electricity in the ground anywhere, even up in the mountains. It's everywhere now. It's pervasive because it all runs back to the substations with the earth. Okay, now, so now these people developed the meter that we used to look into school. We had somebody else measured the electricity in every outlet in the school with this meter, and we showed that the reading on that meter, uh, that the electricity units uh, predicted the cancer incidents, not deaths, new cases in, in those teachers. So I published that. 
I got a call from another teacher uh, who worked at an elementary school, and she said, we've got the same problem, and indeed they did. In this case, we showed that not only was there a big excess of cancer, but the kids in the schools were unteachable and misbehaving on account of this. Uh, they essentially had ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And one of the schools, one of the classrooms at that school was really bad. I thought you could filter this stuff out of the outlets uh, by putting in a capacitor, which is that's for other people sell. But we, I put the, the, these capacitors in. And lo and behold, within an hour, the kids were perfectly normal. And, and the teacher was smarter than I was. She tried the filters in and out a number of times, and times the kids, and she could turn them off like a light switch. And, uh, so there, there we have prima facie evidence that uh, this dirty electricity not only has a carcinogen, but it, it affects behavior. And kids found out that it affects uh, your blood sugar level. And when we clean up a place that's got diabetics living there, their insulin levels change, and, uh, and all of above. And uh, so, so that's the look into story. The sad part about that is the school districts are so afraid of getting sued that they, they won't do anything about it. I've, I've offered a couple schools to, at my own expense, go in and clean the place up, put the filters in, and I know it'll take care of everything, but... Uh, a couple of places I can't, can't even step on property because they had me arrested as being a terrorist. Why is that? You're why trying to help. Why is that? Well, because they're, they're just dreadfully afraid of getting sued for the cancers or for having problems in the kids. And, hey, and it's not just the, the teachers. At the Lakenta School, now I, I know about four four young women in their 20s who developed thyroid cancer who went to school at this middle school for three years. Now, you know, it's a, and the other thing is the public health in this country, the FCC, and the rest of the people who really ought to be looking after electricity and, and health uh, aren't doing it. You can just invent something and sell it, even if it's, it's killing people. There's a lot of that out there. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about eye problems since this is healthy vision. Well, the, uh, the only real I've got very recently into a terrible set of eye problems. Uh, called, uh, well, like at the Lakinta School, one of the cancers that reared its ugly head, uh, and the teachers was uh, malignant melanoma. That's the, the cancer of the, the melanotic. Uh, skin cells and uh, two or three other cancer clusters I've looked at where melanoma is up there and uh, and it's not caused by sunshine as people think it's caused by this EMF because you get it on parts of your body you never see the sun like on the soles of your feet your scalp and folds and, and, and your groin and uh in mucous membranes. One another place you get it is in the eye. It's a very, very rare cancer. Now, right now, I'm just starting to work on a cluster of uh, ocular melanoma and young women who went to a school in North Carolina. But uh, tonight, I'm going to write a letter to this superintendent of the school asking her for permission to go in and check the place out. Now, I have heard that some of the dirty electricity, in particular from smart meters, is linked now to the development of cataracts and also some retinal problems like retinal wrinkling or macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you look at, 
you know, I've done a lot of smart meter work, and I'll tell you that it's a it's a dual problem. They're not smart; they're dumb. First of all, a lot of them burn. Some people can kill directly by by house fires caused by burning smart meters. But but I've had people call me. You know, the day the smart meter gets put in, they get sick. I mean, people with pacemakers and other things have had to leave their houses. I know other people driven out of their homes, and. Uh, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that there's eye problems. Or, I mean, you know, the Russians described this microwave illness in the business 40 years ago, and all the symptoms they described there, I get phone calls from people saying, you know, I've had we got terrible headaches, or I can't sleep, insomnia is another, another one. Diabetics, uh, they can't control their diabetes. I'll tell you a little story about uh, this, this elementary school that I write about in my book, uh, one of the, the elementary teachers there had type 2 diabetes, and it was completely uncontrolled. He had uh, he was bouncing around uh, between insulin shock and insulin overdose, with, uh, and and uh, blood sugars of four or five hundred. He had you know repeated infections and had some amputations. When he retired, his diabetes disappeared. I, you pay attention to that because that's just not reported. He said, yeah, about three months after he was out of the school, his blood sugar was perfectly normal. He threw away his syringe and his insulin. And uh, so uh, the other thing people don't realize is that all this electric junk out there, uh, feel like they, they use these TENS devices, transcutaneous electric stimulation devices for pain. They've been associated with uh, Luke Eric's disease uh, and the soccer players. And I'm absolutely yeah, I, had read that. I had read that in your book. Uh, well, Luke, Luke, Luke Garrett got it, I'm sure, because uh, the chiropractor who was the trainer for the Yankees used shortwave, diath shortwave diathermy. And three, three, three guys from the same San Francisco 49ers pro football team got it. I and mean, that's like lightning straight three, three times. And one of them uh, re reported to one of my friends that, yeah, the, they had diathermy treatments all the time. Anytime you put that stuff in your body, you're generating strong currents. And I think that's the, that's what causes the ALS business. And it can cause anything else, too. Well, we're coming up to another break. And, folks, you're listening to Healthy Vision. And with me is Sam Noham. He wrote a phenomenal book called Dirty Electricity. And I highly encourage you to give a copy of the book and find out more about this dirty electricity that is definitely affecting our health. And you can go to his website, www.sammilham.com. And we come back. We come back. We're going to be talking about, uh, I want Sam to tell us more about microwaves. Okay. Uh, and also uh, what we can do to protect ourselves. Okay. Uh, I think, I, I, I really feel, Sam, that I'm seeing more and more patients now that uh, uh, are suffering from uh, dirty electricity just because, as you mentioned, we're just being surrounded with cell phones, computers, all these electronic gadgets. It's just a wonder how our bodies can function at all. So folks, we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Cardron. With me is Sam Wilhelm. We're talking about dirty electricity. And probably one of the most dirtiest forms of electricity is the microwave. 
Sam, do you want to make some comments about that? Yeah, but you know, the, the, I was just sitting down to write a paper about the microwaves. People are, it's a big, all the people in the business are just screaming about microwaves. Let me just remind people that my, microwaves are just, they're short waves. That's why they're called micro, uh, Spanish is micro ondas. And, uh, and, but they were invented, uh, as radar in World War II. And, and uh, the original microwave ovens were called radar ranges. So that was the first commercial or uh, general exposure to microwaves. Now it's everything, you know, cell towers and routers and cell phones. And the other, um, the other, when I was talking about smart meters, I, did, I forgot to say that, look at, the, they expose you to two things, the, the microwaves from the transmitter, but since it's a transmitter, they, all transmitters run on direct current, so they have to take the grid AC and change it to DC with a switching power supply, which makes dirty electricity. Now, I've had people get better uh, who are symptomatic from their smart meters just by plugging in filters to get rid of the dirty electricity while the smart meter is still blasting the microwaves. I'm not minimizing the microwave stuff, but um, but I think that the major uh, uh, the major microwave exposure we have is to cell towers, and, and of course the, the micro. Uh, the cell phones. I mean, I think it's just idiotic to stick a microwave transmitter against your head like people do when they hold a cell phone there. But the other stuff you got to watch out for in your house are wireless routers, baby monitors, port, uh, uh, portable or cordless phones. Those are horrible. And the worst, the worst in terms of the portable phones are the DECT phones. D E C T, digital enhanced cordless phones. And it's not the phone; it's the base. It's, you've got a microwave oven running in your in your room the whole time, uh, and it makes people terribly, terribly ill. And uh, the the other other thing to watch out for: and many new motors uh, have variable frequency drives on it. And we're talking about almost all new air conditioners have them on it. I've got a woman now who's living in a flea back motel who got driven out of her house by a variable frequency drive on a well pump that they put into the community well 400 feet down to the ground. The minute it turned on, she got dreadfully ill. She'd still be there except her pets started dying too. And people who work in her orchard got sick. I went and measured just 20 volts of dirty electricity in, in half a mile from her house in that stupid orchard from that VFD, the variable frequency drive. So, uh, there's almost no place to hide. And the other uh, information that's important is that the Brazilians have done some good studies of cell towers. And they show that up to 500 meters from the tower, the, the cancer mortality is directly related to how far you are from the tower. The, far, the farther you are from it, up to 500 meters, the lower the cancer mortality. So I'm telling you, that, that's got to be a dirty electricity phenomenon because the RF from the tower isn't going to hurt you at 500 meters because it drops off like light by the square of the distance where the, the dirty electricity will run forever. So, I mean, I can... But, okay, what, what you can do about this stuff is... Yeah, which... Check your environment and you go down to your radio shack or go to your radio store and buy yourself a cheap little AM portable radio. Tune it off station and walk around your house or your office and in any place you get heavy static you got to pay attention to. The other device you want is to get a Stetzer microsearch meter and plug it in to your outlets and if they're above 50, try to get it down. But more importantly... No wireless routers, period. There's no baby monitors, no decked phones, no VFDs. 
and uh, when you put your microwave oven on, geez, don't stand there. You've got to get 20 feet away from it so it doesn't fry you and, and, and bother you. And the other thing, the other, if you have constant problems, uh, you can have, you have, but what, what I have to advise some people to do is they're getting so much dirty electricity through their water pipes and their sewer pipes is that they, they can sometimes get relief by putting a, a non-conductive spacer like a plastic pipe in the water pipe, well, water line, say two feet of pipe, so, so the dirty electricity that's coming in through the pipes can't get into your house. Uh, I mean, I wish we had another hour. I could just go on about... Uh, hey, Sam, I have, a, I have a question. How can you measure the dirty electricity in the soil? That was really... Okay, well, well, that's easy. What I do is I have a two-channel oscilloscope, actually, and what I do is I, I put a, a, a screw, two screwdrivers in the ground to 40 feet of wire, and I just measure how much of the stuff is flowing uh, through the through the soil to get a waveform and we can calculate frequency. I also have uh, we can measure it in air too with a spectrum with a spectrum analyzer and but also with an oscilloscope. We measure it in the outlets by plugging a, a plug it into a, an outlet and then we've got a high pass filter that splits the what's coming out of the, the wall and, and it, it, it so you're measuring the sixty cycle stuff and the, the high pass stuff that goes through the filter, which is where the dirty electricity is. And and you can and and the the, the oscilloscopes have neat little software where you can they'll calculate total harmonic distortion and 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 other measures of, of dirty electricity. Utilities are supposed to stay beneath five five uh, percent uh, total harmonic distortion. I'm finding in some solar and wind operations that they're up to fifty to a hundred percent harmonic distortion. That's another thing. So why, why why is that? Why is it the well I'll tell you what, because solar. if is solar if, so, if, if solar or wind are connected to the grid, they've got to go from DC to AC because they generate DC, okay? And it's the switching power supply. And every damn one I've measured uh, in residences or in the, the big million, the 900,000 unit uh, things in the desert, they all put out terrible dirty electricity because they're inverters. Uh, and, they put, and, and the solar... So what, about, the, Sam, what, about, what about solar that's not connected to the grid? Well, so that's okay. That's that's okay. That's that's fine. I mean, but you 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 can't run pumps and stuff uh, and heavy duty stuff. Uh, there there are on my book. I give websites. Uh, Catherine Clyburn's got a website where she tells you how to go about getting off grid with solar, and it's a complicated business. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not just. Well, simple. Sam, uh, unfortunately, we're coming to an end on Healthy Vision. I want to thank you so much. And also, folks, uh, Sam's invited to speak at uh, our ninth annual microcurrent conference, which is coming up uh, in October of next year. So I'm hoping to get Sam there so he can educate us more on this uh, really, really important topic that is uh, adversely affecting our health and adversely affecting our vision. Uh, Sam, uh, yeah. thank you so much. And once again, folks, his book is called Dirty Electricity, and you can get it on Amazon.com. You can also go to his website, www.sammilham.com, and he does have a lot of uh, articles 
and other material that you can you can download. Uh, Sam, uh, thank you so much. I hope to have you as a guest again on Healthy Vision. Yeah, my pleasure. Is, Thanks a lot. And this Bye. is your host, Dr. Edward Condrat, uh, wishing all of you good health and clear vision. And next Sunday, I have a very fascinating guest, uh, Dr. Lee Cowden is going to be talking to us about a very, very unusual way to detox your body. So this is your host, Dr. Edward Condrat. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at HealingTheEye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision.